Hello Instagram, this is Leslie Tavernier and today I'm going to talk to you about the necessity of trauma bonds. So I know that this is a controversial title. I know that we are told that trauma bonds are a bad thing and women are told to do everything you can to avoid being in a trauma bond and do everything you can to find a man with, with whom you can enjoy secure attachment. Find a man with whom you can enjoy emotional support, emotional availability. We hear these things all the time and it sounds so simple and it sounds quite logical. And it, it, you would think that with all the information available on social media in regards to emotionally unavailable men, in regards to anxious attachment, in regards to trauma bonds, you would think that trauma bonds would cease to exist. They're not going to cease to exist. And it's not because women are stupid or crazy or psycho <laughs> or desperate. It's because in my opinion, it's necessary. It's a necessary part of human evolution. Okay. If, if we are attracting an experience in our life, especially for attracting it over and over and over again, it's because it's, it's there for a reason. It's there for your spiritual growth. That's my stance and I'm not changing it, <laughs> at least not anytime soon. So welcome 7.gill, welcome Jordan, and feel free to comment and ask questions as we go along. And if you disagree with me, you could share that as well. I would love to hear your disagreement. So trauma bonds aren't going away. They're not going away. Why? Why aren't they going away? Because when you've been traumatized as a child, and, and I mean like, like real trauma, like not just, you know, my mom gave my brother a candy and, and, and didn't give me a candy. I'm, I'm talking like, like, like child abuse, like severe trauma. It's, it's unrealistic to expect that you as an adult woman would not be attracted to a man through, through which you can relive the, the feeling of that trauma. Now, why would you want to relive the trauma? How does that make any sense? Wouldn't you want to not ever experience trauma ever fucking again? It's because you're seeking resolution. You're seeking resolution. It's a subconscious thing that's happening. You want resolution. When you were in pain as a child and you were being abused as a child, what did you want? You wanted resolution. You wanted there to be healing between you and your parent. Okay. We, no human being wants pain to last forever. We want resolution. Whether on a, on a, micro scale or on a macro scale. 
So this is what's happening here. It's, it's not that we're just, we're just stuck in a loop, although it can appear that way. But it's because we're seeking to resolve it, to transcend it, to alchemize it, to, to reach a higher level of, of understanding and awareness, not just forgiveness, but, but, but power. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, feel free to ask questions. So I'm going to talk about my own experience. I'm not going to go into all the details, but I'll, I'll cover a few things. And one of the things that um, has come up for a lot of my clients over the years, and I, and I can really empathize with them, is that is, is the, the, the verbal abuse that can occur in a trauma bond. And a lot of women, they, they don't talk about it. They hide it because they're ashamed. And so I've had women say to me, you know, I haven't told anybody this, but you know, he told me to shut the fuck up or he called me a fucking bitch <laughs> and worse things. And they're afraid to tell anyone because they don't want to look like a dumb bitch. So they come to me and they tell me and I'm like, well, you know, these things happen inside of trauma bond relationships. So, you know, I'll, I'll give my own example. You know, my dark masculine man, who I've, I've referred to many times in my, my post and who I do two-on-one coaching with because, you know, we, we've been through it all. We've been through it all, all of it. And so we've, we have verbally abused each other to the utmost, okay? We really, really, really have. And that has... I'm not going to speak for him, but for me, that has brought up a lot of deep-seated childhood wounding that I had to really look at. Okay, so let me before I go on. Seven Dot Gail says hello, Leslie. When you don't know where your trauma can come from, what should be done? I had loving parents and had no trauma whatsoever. Is there possibly this dynamic? Is it? Is there the possibility that this dynamic comes from somewhere else? Okay, well, give me ex an example of how you feel traumatized by your dark masculine man currently. Give me an example. Because if you're saying you had a, you know, a beautiful childhood, loving parents, no trauma whatsoever, and yet you're in a trauma bond relationship, uh, I would need more details. So give me an example of how you are feeling traumatized in this, in this current relationship that you're in. So uh, one of the traumas for me is being called ugly. Like that's a, that's a major, major thing for me because that happened to me when I, when I first came to Canada in 1986 and, you know, I had, I had emigrated from, from the Caribbean. So I was in the Caribbean, I was surrounded by almost entirely black kids and, and back then, like the first seven or eight years of my life, I didn't even have any concept of being ugly like that just wasn't even a thing like because like I was just like all the other kids and then I, I came to Canada to live with my mother and she sent me to a school that was like at the time was like 98% white Italian <sighs> I mean that was a lot and so those kids some of those kids would call me ugly and I I didn't I didn't know like 
how to like rebut that. I didn't like, I just like, it was just like, what? I'm ugly. Like I, I internalized it. I internalized it from grade two onwards. And so fast forward <laughs> 30 plus years, I get involved with a dark masculine man, my current dark masculine man. And, and he writes a book and you could find this in his book. It's actually in, published, The Art of Open Relating, Volume 3, a chapter, the chapter on me where that's titled the, the Craziest Bitch on Earth. That's literally what the title is. And, and, and in it, he says, you know, at least in the beginning of our relationship, he found me to be physically unattractive, to be ugly and stupid and crazy and psychotic and all the things. And it's, it's in his book. <laughs> so, you know... Hearing him or reading him sharing these words about me brought up like trauma from grade two. Okay, like it wasn't just the fact that he said it. It was the fact that that pain was still there. And I, and I had forgot, forgotten how deep that pain was until he triggered it. Okay, so that trauma didn't come from my mother. My mother never said that I was ugly. She never did. She did a lot of other traumatic things, but that wasn't one of them. That came from being in school with some very unpleasant children. And that scarred me. And my dark masculine man triggered the fuck out of that. And I, 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 I had like a nervous breakdown. I had a complete nervous breakdown. I was crying for days. Couldn't even function because he said I was ugly. Okay. So you might say, well, how, uh, that's not, how, that sounds horrible, Leslie. That's not a good thing. That's a horrible thing. That's abusive. That's verbal abuse. On one level, you could say that that's verbal abuse, but from a higher perspective, you could say that, well, you know what? He triggered something that, that hadn't been healed. And that's what your dark masculine man will do. He will trigger whatever is in you that has not been healed so that you can actually heal it, so that you can actually be empowered. Okay? Being empowered doesn't mean you ignore your trauma. Being empowered means you feel the pain. You feel it, all of it, fully. And move beyond it. So, Seven Dot Gale says, fear of loss, fear of him leaving me for someone else or just leaving me to be alone. Jealousy issue with his ex and female co-workers flirting with him. So for that, if, if you're saying you had absolutely no childhood trauma, then I, I would say that that's more of a, a, a societal or collective thing where we're taught that when you're in a relationship, when you're in a monogamous, ideally monogamous relationship, that your partner should not want to be with anyone else but you. Your partner should not be attracted to anyone else but you, especially not sexually attracted. And if he is sexually attracted to anyone else besides you, then that means something about you. That means that you're not good enough. 
That means you're not pretty enough. That means you're not sexy enough. That means you're just not enough. Because how else, what other explanation could there be for him being attracted to someone else besides you within the context of monogamy? Or what some might say, what might call toxic monogamy. So you have a belief that if this man that I love is attracted to someone else, that must mean that I am not enough. So he's triggering your I am not enough wound. Okay, that didn't necessarily have to come from your parents. That could have come from, from experiences that you had in school. That, that could come just, just from living in, in this society. Where with, with all the, the marketing and the advertising and, 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 and you know, the, the whole entire beauty industry, you're, 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 you're taught, you're conditioned to believe that you're not enough. That's trauma. If, you, if, if you're operating on the, on the belief that I am fundamentally not enough, that is a trauma in and of itself. So guess what? The man that you're most attracted to, it's, it's, it's almost a guarantee he's going to trigger the fuck out of that. Your belief that you're not enough, that you're not enough. Therefore, you're not lovable. Therefore, you could be abandoned. Okay? This is what needs to be let go of. It's not the man that you have to let go of, per se. But it's, it's, the, it's the false beliefs that something's wrong with me. Therefore, I can't trust love. I can't trust that I am lovable. I can't trust that he will never reject or abandon me because I am not enough. Okay, she says I get into constant fight with, fights with him because of this. Yeah, so the, the, the solution to that is you've got to let go of I am not enough. You've got to let go of the only way for me to know that I'm enough is if he 1000% assures me that he's not attracted to any other woman. He can't, he can't assure you that you're not enough. You have to do that work yourself. So he's going to continue to trigger the fuck out of you until you heal that. Once you've let go of the idea that you're not enough and, and, and you're firm in the knowing that you are enough, then you'll no longer be triggered by that bullshit. You'll no longer feel threatened by another woman. You'll no longer think, oh, he's going to leave me because he's attracted to her. You, you, won't you won't think those thoughts. So he's not the problem. She's not the problem. The problem is the programming that says you're not enough, that you have to compete for love. You have to compete with other women for love because love is scarce. That's the thing that has to be transcended. And so this trauma bond that you're experiencing with him is calling for you to evolve beyond the false programming. This is how it's serving you. This is why I say the trauma bond is a necessity. It's a necessity. This is how we heal and grow. If we see it for what it is. Are there any questions about that?
I'm at, at the point now where even if, and I don't, I don't really know what his thoughts are in regards to my physical appearance at this time, but even if he thinks my physical appearance sucks, even if he still thinks I'm not all that, even if he thinks I'm a two out of 10, and I don't, I don't really even spend time on, time on those thoughts anymore, but even if that's true, guess what? Guess what? Because I've done the work to heal that, that wounding from grade two, I am not afraid that if I'm not a 10 out of 10, he's going to leave me. I know that I could be a 2 out of 10 or a 1 out of 10 and from his perspective. But I know that I'm enough. I know that I'm lovable. I know that he values me. I know he's never going to abandon me. He's never going to abandon me. I know that he loves me. So he, he could say, Leslie, you know what? You're, you're nowhere close to being a supermodel. <laughs> nowhere close. And I would be like, okay, whatever. That's your opinion. Like, it wouldn't mean anything to me. But it took me a long time to get to this point. See, I am enough overrides all the jealousy and insecurity and I'm not pretty enough and all that bullshit. As long as you fundamentally think that you're not enough, then you're going to get caught up in, oh, I need to be a 10 out of 10. I need to be the perfect weight. I need to, I need to be the best in bed. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to, like, no, you're enough. When you know that you're enough, then you don't worry about rejection and abandonment. Then you can actually have a healthy, mutually beneficial with your relationship with your dark masculine man. Does that mean he's going to give you everything? He's going to give you the moon and the stars? No. But whatever he does give you, you're going to appreciate it. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to value him and he's going to value you. And you don't need him to validate you. And he doesn't need you to validate him because you both know that you're enough. You're both reflecting that I am enoughness in each other. But before you can even get to that point, you're going to be triggered. You're going to be hurt. You're going to feel rejected. You're going to feel abandoned. You're going to have a panic attack again and again and again and again until you finally let go of the programming that says, I'm not fucking enough. So thank God for the, the trauma bond. Thank goodness for it. Because you, you can't heal this stuff just by reading a book. You're not going to heal this stuff just by being in a secure attachment. I have clients who they're married. They have a husband who they're securely attached to, who's emotionally available. And they have a dark masculine man. And the dark masculine man still triggers their shit. You're going to get triggered until you heal it. So Seven Not Gale says, thank you, Leslie. When I think even Beyonce was cheated on, I feel like any man can cheat on any gorgeous woman. Yeah, it's not about, it's not about your looks. It's not about your looks. It's, it's about like human beings as a species. We're not monogamous. Okay. That's what it's about. But we, 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 we collectively, we don't want to look at that. We just, no, no, no. He said he's in love with me. So he shouldn't have eyes for anyone else but me. And if he's interested in anyone else but me, then, oh my God, that must mean that I'm not enough. You see how fucked up that is? Whereas my dark masculine man, he has, I don't even know how many women he has. I have no idea. I don't know. 
And I don't care. Because the number of, of women that he's sleeping with has nothing to do with my worthiness, with my enoughness. It's, it's, these are two separate things. But as long as you tie your enoughness to him only having sex with you and no one else but you and only being attracted to you, then you're going to suffer. The second he shows interest in another woman, the second he cheats on you, you're going you're gonna to fall apart. You're going to have a nervous breakdown. Because you're going to look at that as confirmation that you're not enough. Seven Dot Gail says, is there anyone else that wants to ask me questions besides Seven Dot Gail? Because I know that what I'm talking about right now is extremely important. It's extremely important. I know that a lot of women are suffering from, I'm not enough. I'm never enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not sexy enough. Jealousy, insecurity, the whole night. I know a lot of women are suffering from these things. So participate. Seven Dog Gail says, but is monogamy possible? Of course it is. Or is it impossible for everyone no matter what? It's not impossible. It's possible. I've done monogamy. I did monogamy for 11 years straight with the father of my children. It's totally possible. People do it all the time. But what I am saying is don't tie your knowing that you are enough based on whether or not he is exclusive to you. Because by doing so, you're setting yourself up for pain and suffering, unnecessary pain and suffering. Necessary, yes, for the sake of healing the wound. But once you've healed the wound, once you know you're enough, then, then that shit, like you, you, you're not going to spend your whole day thinking, oh my God, is he going to have sex with somebody else but me? I, 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 I'm going to completely fall apart if he has sex with someone else besides me because that means I'm not enough. That's what you need to look at. Not obsessing about, does he, does he find her attractive? Is he thinking about having sex with her? Like, stop that shit. Look at the real issue, Seven Dot Gale. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. Daskutelebin podcast. What is the definition of dark masculine man? as an archetype like criteria how do i know he's a dark masculine man so i have a whole podcast where i talk about this it's called dark feminine love you can message me after this live stream and i will send you the link to that podcast there's about 30 or so episodes on there right now uh two episodes are are with me and my dark masculine man the rest of the episodes are just me and I talk a lot about the dark masculine man. So the dark masculine man archetype is the, is the counterpart or the complement to the dark feminine woman. So the dark feminine uh, is what we think of as, as the witch, the crone, the, the sorceress. This is a very mysterious woman, very mysterious. And she's the least understood of the feminine archetypes, but very powerful. Now she can, she can come across when she's unhealed, she can come across as crazy. <laughs> you know, she can come across as a crazy bitch. Um, but she has a lot of power. 
She has a lot of power. So some of the dark feminine archetypes would be uh, Persephone, Hecate, um, Oya, Kali. I'm sure you've heard of Kali. These are the dark feminine archetypes. So their, their corresponding masculine archetype would be uh, the dark masculine. So that would be the warrior, the soldier, the um, Shiva, the, the warrior aspect of Shiva. Mars, okay, Aries or Ares. You know, so men that, you know, they have a, they have an edge about them. They have a lot of courage. They have a lot of vitality. They fuck really, 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 really well. And they don't take any shit from you and they're not afraid of you. And a lot of women find that extremely sexually stimulating. But at the same time, along with that comes, can come extreme pain when he doesn't do what you want him to do. Okay, hope that answers your question. So Jordan says, once the wound is healed, would you even manifest a relationship with your dark masculine man? That's a great question. I would say once the wound is healed, you can actually have a healthy relationship with your dark masculine man. If you choose to continue to relate with him, it would be on healthy terms because you're no longer operating on, on am I enough? You know, I need him to confirm to me that I'm enough. But once you already know that you're enough, then there's there's no reason for there to be craziness and discord between you and him. Now, it, it's there going to be, you know, disappointments and, and irritation? Yeah, that's normal. That happens in every relationship, but it doesn't have to be, like, toxic when you heal the wound, once the wound is healed. So hope that answers your question, Jordan. Lion Lotus says... New D dark masculine man responds to me and has come to see me three times. Would like to go to his place and be invited to hang out with his friends. Do nice things outside as well as inside the bedroom. Best way to approach this. Just tell him the truth. I would like to see you. Can I come and see you? <laughs> he has mentioned these things and they are yet to manifest. Just tell him the truth. I'd really like to see you. Can we see each other? Let's see what he says. This is a relationship where it's best to just be honest and just tell the truth and express your desires and your needs. And at the same time, if he says no, or not right now, or maybe later, then okay. Be cool about it. Any more questions or comments? See, Kali and Shiva, they don't have to be at war with each other. They can do great things when they're in harmony. They can do incredibly great things. They can fight demons. They can heal the world when they're in harmony. And that's, that's uh, for Jordan. So, you know, the, 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 the idea that the dark masculine man and dark masculine woman can only come together in toxicity is not true. It's not true. But for a lot of people, 
it plays out as toxicity because a lot of people are unhealed. <laughs> Let's just face it. So she says, Lina says, is it cool to ask? Absolutely cool to ask. Das Gute Leben says, yes, I already listened to all of your podcasts. Wow, thank you. So I know how a dark masculine man behaves and what his purpose is. I more mean I am familiar with archetypes and my man. I'm actually not sure if he's a dark masculine man. That's why I was asking for criteria. So what, what, what most attracts you to your current partner? And be honest. Don't tell us what we want to hear or what you think we want to hear. What, what is it that most draws you to him? What's the glue that's holding you together? That will give you a clue as to what kind of archetype he is relative to you. Linus says, beautiful message here today. Thank you. So yes, going back to Jordan's question, Kali and Shiva can be amazing. Absolutely amazing together. Brilliant. Powerfully healing together when they're in harmony. So I'm not saying throw, throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm saying heal the wounds. Lion Lotus says, having a very different experience with this dark masculine man based on being relaxed. That's good, Lion Lotus. And his actions and my worth being two very separate things. Perfect. That is perfect. You've got it. You've got it. Yeah, when you're in anxious attachment, you're not relaxed. And when you're not relaxed, things get real crazy and real ugly and real psychotic and really messy. So that's good that you're in a relaxed state. And that's good that you're separating your worthiness from anything that he does or doesn't do or says or doesn't say or thinks or doesn't think your worthiness is separate from all of that shit so that's good that you understand that are there any more questions or comments about the dark masculine man dark feminine woman dynamic and and more specifically trauma bonds so if you're in a, a trauma bond if you're in a toxic relationship, you don't need to shame yourself. You don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to feel embarrassed. You don't need to feel like you're less of a woman. You're just going through a healing initiation to transmute pain into power. So that's actually a good thing. That's something to be proud of. And, you know, I've been there, done that. You know, I still go through stuff. And so... You know, if you want support with that, I'm here to support you. My dark masculine man and I, we're here to support you. We have private coaching available one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one, 30-minute sessions, one-hour sessions, one-week boxer intensives. We're available, okay? You, you can master this initiation. You can succeed. I'm telling you, you can. doesn't matter how painful it is. Doesn't matter what kind of shit he said to you, what kind of shit you said to him. Doesn't matter how bad it's gotten. There is an opportunity for you to transmute this, for you to alchemize this, and for you to come out on top. I guarantee it. I'm living proof of it, and I can help you to walk that path. Lioness says, love how you share about the healthy relationship opportunities. Would love to hear more about that. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the reason I'm able to talk about this stuff so passionately is because I've, I've, I've been through the worst of the worst. Okay, the worst of the worst. Most women, they fear being, being told that they're ugly by the person that they love the most. They fear that. I've been through that and gotten, gotten past it. Okay, you, you fear that he's going to love another woman more than you. I've experienced that multiple times. 
He's going to prioritize another woman over you. I've experienced that multiple times. Okay? Like there's nothing that, that my clients have, have said to me about their dark masculine man that I haven't already experienced myself and transcended it and continue to transcend it. So no, I am not of the opinion that avoid, avoid trauma bonds at all costs. No, how, you, how are you going to do that when the trauma lives in you? There's no avoiding it. It's the, what, what you need to do is to actually face it. Move through it. Feel the pain. Heal the pain. Reclaim your power. That's what you can do because the trauma bond, they're not going to go away. We're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and all the trauma bonds in the world have disappeared. No. Not going to happen. So let's utilize it. For our growth, for our healing, for our empowerment. Instead of trying to, to, to pretend it away, to avoid it, to make it disappear. It's not going to disappear. One of, the, one of the terms that I've heard someone use is a dharmic relationship. You use it as, as your dharma. Not to suffer endlessly. Not to be a perpetual victim. But to grow, to grow spiritually, okay? I've experienced immense pain, unbelievable amounts of pain with my dark masculine man. Like, like, like pain in my chest, like, oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. That kind of pain. And that was just like me realizing that, wow, there's a lot of trauma that is especially stored in my heart chakra. There's a lot. And he's triggering it. And now I get to really look at it. And I get to really feel it. And I get to really actually do the work to heal my heart. How amazing is that? A lot of times we don't, we don't do the healing work until we're in crisis mode. And that's okay. If that's what it takes to get you to look at your shit, then so be it. But I, I, my heart is so much more loving. I mean, I think one of the, the things that my clients most love about me is that I'm able to like they, they feel a sense of acceptance when they're on a call with me because I don't judge them. I don't, I don't look at them as, oh, you're not a goddess. You're not a queen. You're not a high value woman. How could you be a, you know, like look at, look at your relationship. Your relationship sucks. Something's wrong with you. I don't, I don't do that shit. You're an amazing woman. And you chose, you, your soul chose this relationship to maximize your healing. So I honor you. I see the goddess in you. I see Kalima. And I, I'm grateful that you have chosen to walk this path so that you can be a blessing unto others. So 
that's what I wanted to share today. If you'd like support, inbox me. And um, yeah, we'll help you to reclaim your power. Thank you for listening. Ciao.